This is a wonderful day in the work of the Lord. When I got here this morning, I looked out on a sign out front and my name is on that. I didn't do that, okay? <laughs> Mickey. I won't, I won't blame Mickey for that, but uh, uh, he put my name out there and my name usually is in the post office. But I'm glad to be here today to preach the Word of God. I enjoy that. I hope that you'll enjoy what I have to say to you today because we're talking about love. And love is a great subject. It's a huge subject. It's kind of uh, something that you couldn't preach through if you started when you were 18 years old and you go all the way through your years, you couldn't get through preaching about love. So in your Bibles today, 1 John 3, 11 through 24, and then I'm going to skip over to chapter 4, 7 through 10, and verse 16. So follow along with me, please. And 1 John 3, starting in verse 11. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and killed his brother. And why killed he him? Because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. And he that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whosoever hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. <clears throat> and if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our hearts condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive of Him, because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing or that are pleasing in His sight. And this is His commandment that we should believe on the name of his Son, 
Jesus Christ and love one another as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him and he in him. And by this we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit <clears throat> whom he has given us. And then in chapter 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, and love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not his... Not, he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Then down in verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning that we should love one another. John, here in this scripture, is merely reaffirming what Jesus taught all through the New Testament. In John 13, 35, it says, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. This love is to be the mark of Christian discipleship. John says, what I'm telling you is not new. It's been told to you before over and over again. You have heard this from the beginning. Love of other believers is something woefully missing today in our churches. The lack of that is really hurting the witness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The word love is used in many ways and many wrong ways today. Let me show you what I mean about that. Do you ever say this? Man, I love that pie. Well, I, I have some pie that I love. That's what I think. But the, 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 when we say that, that's wrong. I love that pie. I love that shirt that you've got on. Have you ever said that to someone? I remember reading a long time ago about um, this woman who every time she went to town, she bought a new dress. She was about to break her husband. I mean... Every time they'd go, she'd come back, have a new dress, an expensive dress. And, uh, and so uh, he said to her one day, he said, honey, said, uh, you're, you're about to break us buying so many dresses. She said, well, I go. And, and she said, uh, I, 
the devil tells me to buy it and, 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 and I just buy it. And he said, well, next time you go, honey, said, you pray this prayer. Get thee behind me, Satan. Get thee behind me, Satan. Pray that prayer. So she goes to town, comes back with a brand new dress. And he says, you didn't do what I told you to do. She said, oh, yes, I did. said, I prayed, honey, uh, I prayed to the devil. I said, get thee behind me, Satan. And he did. And he said to me, it looks good from back here too. So I bought it. <laughs> so a lot of ladies here today probably think about, I love that dress. Or I love those shoes. I love uh, new, your new car. I love your new car. Man, it's good. I love your Christmas decorations. Do you like those things? Well, that's what it's really like. It's not really love. It's like. We love God. We love the brethren. Do you have that in right order? Or is it you like the other things and you don't love God? Well, listen, there's a lot of things we like and a lot of things we don't like. I like chocolate. You can tell that, can't you, by looking at me? I love chocolate. Anything with chocolate. Chocolate is real good if you put it on roadkill. You know, you don't even know that. Uh, chocolate is good, real good. It's good on chitlins. Now, the young people don't even know what chitlins are, but I'll tell you later if you talk to me about it. And then chocolate is awesome on possum. It takes a lot of the greasy taste away from it. Of course, I'm only kidding about that. But listen, we all have likes and loves for things. But most of all, it's our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ we should love. Man, we should have the kind of love that really touches people's lives. And uh, a Christian brother, a Christian sister... We should love them with all of our hearts. Now, let me tell you something. And I'm confessing to you, and you can confess to me. There are some people that's hard to love. Just be honest with me. It's really hard to love them. They do everything they can to keep you from loving them. So it's hard. But the Bible still teaches us that we're to love the brothers and the sisters in the Lord. Listen to verse 13 again. He says in verse 13, Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. Well, John says, Don't act if some strange or weird thing has happened to you. If the world doesn't accept you. Because the world is not going to accept you if you love Jesus and if you serve him with all your heart and mind. John makes it very clear all the way through this epistle that it is merely passing on the teaching of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because that's what Jesus taught. And so we should teach the same thing. In John 15, 18 and 19, 
if the world hate you, you know that it hateth me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Now, I don't like to read that. I don't like to think about that at all. Sometimes, does it ever worry you that you're too popular? Did, did, did that ever worry you at all? You say, well, no, not, I never had that kind of problem. Well, I have, and I'm not braggadocious about that, but I have. Uh, I have been popular with some people, and that bothers me. I don't want to be popular with some people. Can I say that to you again? I don't want to be popular with some people. Because you see, the world hateth a Christian that loves God and really serves the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, listen to what it says again in 1 John 3.14. He says in 3.14, We know that we have passed from death unto life. Because we love the brethren. And he that loveth his, not his brother abideth in death. I want to read that to you one more time. We know that we have passed from death unto life. Because we know, because we love the brethren, he that loveth not his brother abideth in death. You know whether you're a child of God or not. I've been asked probably dozens of times through the years, can we know for sure that we're children of God? That's a big question. That's an important question for us to answer because there are a lot of people in this world today who don't know that. They don't know whether or not they are a child of God. They say, I think so. I might be. Do you ever say that or you think that? Well, the Bible says we can know that. Because listen to that again one more time. We know that we have passed from death unto life. Now listen to this. Because why we love God the brethren. Do you love the brethren? Now, as I said a moment ago, confessing to you, it's hard sometimes to love some people. They just won't hardly let you love them. But listen, you can love people in the love of God. And we're to love the brethren. We're to take care of each other. We're to support each other. When we're happy, we laugh with each other. And when we're sad, we cry with each other. I cannot tell you how many times <clears throat> in funeral services through the years <clears throat> my dear friends have died and I'd be in the back room or in the back of there back somewhere and getting ready to preach or whatever church I was in I had a little side room I'd go to and I would cry tears real tears and I'd sometimes cry out loud almost and I was afraid somebody would hear me crying because a friend had died 
and I was going to miss them. But I wanted to do the message to bring happiness to people and bring love to them. But listen, I love the brethren. Now, I'm going to say this to you. There's probably a handful of people that I've had a hard time loving. I've loved people who've lied about me. Have you ever done that? Love them. And they tell lies about me. And, uh, and I couldn't understand that because I'm such a sweet person. Uh, I can't believe anybody wouldn't love me. You know, and, uh, but I, I have people who don't love me. And they tell me that. I've had people to say that to me. When I was pastor in Parkin, Arkansas, First Baptist Church, Parkin, Arkansas, little town of 2,000. I was on the river there in uh, Crittenden <laughs> County. I, would, uh, <clears throat> I had a lady in the church that had a clothing store. And when I moved in as pastor, I only stayed three and a half years as their pastor. I knew that Dorothy, her name was Dorothy, <clears throat> I knew that Dorothy didn't like me. And uh, so all, all the time I was there, I tried to make friends with her. I'd be nice to her. I'd speak to her all the time, shake her hand all the time. And so when I resigned the church <clears throat> to move to another place, I went to see Dorothy in her store, and God just let it be. There was no one else in the store but Dorothy and me. And so I walked in there, sat down behind the desk where she sat, and I said, Dorothy, I'm moving now, and I'm going to Hughes, Arkansas. And I knew, I've known for three and a half years that you didn't like me. Dorothy, tell me why. Tell me why you don't like me. Because I don't want her to make the same mistake again. And she looked at me and she stood up. She's a little short lady. She stood up and looked me right in the eyes. And she said, I don't like you and I hadn't liked you because you're happy all the time. <laughs> That's a true story. She couldn't stand it because I was happy all the time. So don't let people <clears throat> take your joy and your happiness away from you. You can know whether you're a child of God. The ideal that we can know is by no way a mistake from the Word of God. That we can know that we have passed from death unto life. How do you know it? <clears throat> How do you know that? Because you love the brethren. That's how you know it. <clears throat> and this day, sitting right where you are, do you love the brethren? You can be like me. There may be some people you have a hard time liking. But listen, you can still love them in the love of God. <clears throat> we can know that we've passed from death unto life. That word know is what it means. We can know it because we love the brethren. Do you have a love in your heart for the brethren? <clears throat> Those that are kind of tough to love, love them anyway. They need love. And a lot of people today 
have no love whatsoever. I've told you this before. I was about 15 to 16 years old, somewhere close to that, before I ever heard these words. I love you. I had never heard those words. None of my family had ever said to me, Ben, I love you. Listen, you could know that you are a child of God because you love the brethren. And the brethren is just somebody you might just meet just haphazard along the way. <clears throat> Years ago, I used to play the golf. Now, I mean, let me correct myself. I attempted to play golf. And I was playing golf with one of my deacons in Memphis, Tennessee. And these three or four guys ahead of us, now I don't know how much you know about golf, uh, but they were playing real slowly. And they were keeping us from going on through and making the day playing our golf. And so I said to him, I said, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to talk to them about getting out of our way. And so I go over to them, and uh, there was uh, three of them. I mean, it was three, uh, three of them. One of them was a guy about five foot ten, probably. Gray hair, long gray hair, down almost on his shoulders. And, uh, and a handsome, debonair-looking guy. And uh, I did not know it, but it was R.G. Lee the great old-time preacher, probably one of the greatest preachers that ever lived. If he described a beautiful flower, he would use probably 20 adjectives to describe a flower. He was my hero. I'd read his books. I had his books. I'd heard him preach at conferences, but I'd never met him personally. And so I was just kind of awestruck, walked over to him. I recognized him from his pictures and seen him at the conferences. And I shook his hand and I said, uh, Dr. Lee, I'm Ben Rowell. Uh, and I'm pastor of First Baptist Church, Crawfordsville, Arkansas. Crawfordsville was a town of 800. And uh, we ran about 150 people in Sunday school and church. And he was pastor of Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee. Before Adrian Rogers, before those great preachers, there's another one in between there. But anyway, uh, he said, Ben, I'm glad to meet you. Glad to meet you. And he said, Ben, if I can ever be any help to you, you call on me. And I looked at R.G. Lee, the greatest preacher in that, that time, and I said to R.G. Lee, and if I can ever help you, you let me know. <laughs> and I look back on that now, and I laugh. I know he went home and laughed. He probably told his wife, he said, I met an Arkansas preacher that said he could help me. <laughs> and uh, so listen, but we had a brother love just like that. Never met before. He came to my church later to preach a conference and he preached on payday someday. 
That's his famous sermon. So if you want to look it up on uh, your computer, look that up. Payday Sunday. And everywhere he'd go, whatever state he was in, <clears throat> people would ask him to preach that sermon. But we had a brother love instantly. Let's listen to what he says in verse 15. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. Now, I didn't say that. John said that. Okay? And again, he's quoting Jesus. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 21 and 22. You have heard that it was said <clears throat> by them of old time, thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. My, Jesus is strong in that statement. If we hate our brothers, we shall be in danger of judgment. And that's the judgment of God. I'm sure you realize that the passage does not teach that actual murderers can't be saved. That's not true. Christ paid the penalty for our sins. All of our sins. You know, sometimes we think, well, there's some sins he can't forgive. Well, there's one that he can't forgive. That's unbelief. Unbelief. But he can forgive all other sins. I know I've met murderers. Dear friend of mine, been dead now a long time, was in World War II. And he said he was on a mission and he got separated from most of his guys and he's kind of alone. He said, and I was in this ditch along this road. And he said, uh, here comes a soldier. And I recognized it was a German uniform. And he said, I was there, and he looked over and saw me in this ditch. And he said, Brother Ben, he said, uh, he started raising his gun. And he said, I was faster than he was, and I shot him and killed him right there. He said, I can't sleep at night sometimes because can God forgive me for killing someone? He said, I didn't want to, but I thought my life was in danger. My friend, yes, God can forgive. It's a horrible sin. We know that. But God can forgive any sin. You don't get rid of your old nature when Jesus comes into your heart. I wish we did. But we have two natures. We have the old nature that's sinful, very sinful. And then we have God's nature. And uh, man in his natural state 
that's that natural man is naturally sinful, has a carnal mind against God. Do you ever say something that you shouldn't say? A friend of mine, I talked about playing golf, said to me one day, we was playing golf, and he said, Brother Ben said, when you hit a bad shot, do you ever cuss? I thought about that a moment. I said, no, I don't ever cuss. But where I spit, the grass don't grow. <laughs> There's a lot of people that have that natural state about them. Unable to please God with that. The carnal mind that we have. We're like that old song. Prone to wonder. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. I don't know about you. I can only speak about Ben Rowell. I'm prone to wonder. Are you? Prone to wonder. Get away from the will of God for my life. That's hard to say, isn't it? But I've stumbled over a lot of things and I'm prone to wonder about a lot of things in my life that's wrong. In 1 John 3, 16, look at what he says again. By this perceive we that the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. I don't need to go outside my family to tell you that I, I love my family a whole lot. I believe with all my heart I would die for them. I do, I do believe that. If someone were to break in our home, I'd get between them and whoever it was. I'd die for them. Would you die for your family? Yes, you say. Yes, I would. But how about somebody else? I'm not sure of that now. I'm not sure that I would lay down my life for any of you outside of my family. I hope that I would. I pray that I would. But I'm not sure I would. Because you're not my family. And I love my family. And I love my Lord. I'd lay down my life for my Lord. He's my Savior. He saved me from my sins. He set me free. I'm free because of Him. I love Him very much. In verse 18, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Self-sacrificing love is required of us as believers. Are you willing to have sacrificial love 
for the brethren. It may not be necessary to give our lives now. <clears throat> I hope it never comes to that. To give our lives. But how about food? If someone is hungry. This is not to say anything bragging at all. <clears throat> but I told it one time here a few years ago. Miss June and I were in TJ Maxx here in Rogers. <clears throat> and we always go first, ladies, to the jewelry area. <laughs> I don't care if I need anything, we go to the jewelry first. And we went over to the jewelry counter. And a little girl back there, a little Hispanic girl, I think she's probably 20 years old maybe, and uh, we tell, show us that piece of jewelry, and she did. And I said, uh, how you doing? And when I said that, how are you doing today? And when I said that, she started immediately crying. I mean, tears coming down her old cheeks. And she just crying. And she said, my husband just lost his job and we don't have money to buy anything. And uh, I just happened, I don't have it often, but I happened to have $50 in my billfold. And I didn't tell her I was a preacher, didn't tell her connected with any church or God or anything like that. And I pulled that $50 out and just handed it to her and said, Maybe this will help a little bit. And I walked away. Miss June and I walked away. I'll never forget that as long as I live. Because I believe I touched someone's life that day and they don't know who I am. They don't know my name. But they know that I cared enough to give them money. Are you willing to do that a little bit? I don't say you have to give people money, but how about just something off a shelf that you have at home, some groceries that you have. Self-sacrificing love that's necessary for us to do if we really love the Lord. And this is His commandment, that we should believe on the name of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandments. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And by this we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. The mark of a child of God. That's us. The mark of a child of God is love for the brethren. Do you love your brothers in the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you have that kind of love? There's an old song. I haven't heard it in years. But here's what it says. Throw out the lifeline across the dark wave. There is a brother 
whom someone should save. Somebody's brother. Oh, who then will dare to throw out the lifeline, his peril to share? Throw out the lifeline. Throw out the lifeline. Someone is drifting away. Someone is sinking today. Are you sinking today? Have you drifted away? I'm throwing out the lifeline for you. When I was a teenager, I was lifeguard at the swimming pool in Marlton, Arkansas. And then I was lifeguard at Siloam Springs Baptist Assembly two years. The only person that I saved their life was my sister. We were taught to throw out that little round wheel looking thing, little life preserver. They said, don't ever get hold of someone that's drowning out in deep water if you can help it. And so I watched my sister walk by and she pushed her boyfriend in the swimming pool. I knew exactly what would happen. He'd get out of that pool and throw her in the pool. Sure enough, he did that. He picked her up and threw her out in the middle of the deepest part of the pool. And my sister could not swim. I jumped off the lifeguard stand, jumped in the water, went to the bottom. She went sinking to the bottom. She never fought. She never slashed the water. She went straight to the bottom of the pool. I got her by her shoulders, brought her up, brought her to the shore, helped her get in off on the deck. And I thought about that many times, that I could have just thrown out the life preserver, but I was willing to sacrifice for my sister. Friends, throw out the lifeguard. Throw out the lifeguard. Throw out the lifeline. Let it be for those who need it today. Let's pray. Dear Lord, may we throw out the lifeline to those that are hurting, those that have needs that we don't even know about. Lord, they're drifting, they're sinking, and they need our help. Lord, open our hearts now to your invitation. Let people come because they want to make a decision not for us, but for the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.